Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome to the 9th Avenue Nine. I'm your host, Joel Bascom, pastor of Connecting and Equipping. Happy 2021 to all of you, and welcome to the first episode of this brand new podcast. The 9th Avenue Nine is a podcast where we will get to know members of our church community. Personally, one of the ways I love to get to know people is by talking with them about the art that they love, especially movies and music. Now, I have to admit, I am sort of stealing the idea for this from a wonderful show that the BBC has actually done since the 1940s. If you go to podcast subscriber lists, you can still find it. It's called Desert Island Discs, and it is a wonderful show. Here's the basic premise. Each guest on the show will be asked what nine albums they would take with them if they were locked in the basement of our church on 9th Avenue for one year. Once we discover their picks, we will also hear what one book they would take with them, since a Bible and a Book of Common Prayer will be provided, as well as one luxury item. And while you listen to this first episode, keep in mind that I would love to talk to many of you. While I already have a couple of guests lined up, I am excited to hear from you if you would like to talk with me about some of your favorite music. It is important for us to find different ways to connect during this very strange time. And also, my hope is to continue this show beyond the time when the fog of the pandemic finally lifts. So, if you're interested in talking with me over Zoom or FaceTime about some of your favorite albums please email me. My email is joel at ofthecross.org and let me know. All are welcome, and I promise I won't be as sarcastic with you as I am with Pastor Christian during this episode. We recorded this episode just before Christmas, and we had a great time talking about music. So, with that in mind, here's the first episode of the 9th Avenue Nine with our very own rector, the venerable Christian Ruck. Okay, now, here are a few of the ground rules. I'm going to be reviewing these ground rules every time, but the the first guest I have is unruly, and because he's so unruly, I really have to make sure I'm setting the ground rules. So here's the, the ground rules for the 9th Avenue 9. First, you are locked in the church basement for a year. You got that? I do. Okay, good. Yes. You you can have nine albums with you, music, audio, comedy, you know, whatever. Uh, the church basement has Bibles, but you can have one other book, and you can have one luxury item. So if you are wondering who our first guest is, without further ado, we will welcome our first exile to the basement. With his recent canonizing, he is now the venerable Christian Ruck but I enjoy calling him the VCR for short. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So. so I was really looking forward to recording this podcast with you since you've ever never actually allowed me to speak to you in person. <laughs> so this is a tremendous I, thrill because this is... Any conversation we have, I prefer to be recorded, Joel. So yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. It's just safer that way. Yes, I'm kidding, of course. Christian and I have known each other for, for a few, few days, I think. <laughs> uh, no, we've known each other many years. And... One of the reasons, there's a few reasons I wanted to have you on first, and that, first of all, uh, I thought, you know, if I'm really going to get buy-in for this thing, you need to be with oh, me first, yes. right? But second, we've talked about music a lot yes. 
over the years. Yeah. I, I seem to recall a couple years ago, uh, you just you know just saying to me at one of the men's retreats, "Hey, what's your what's the best rock album of all time?" Yes. And I of course had a very quick answer. Yeah. Uh, so there was some good debate going on that men's retreat. We, about yeah, there was best good, album of all time. There was very good debate. I feel like. Uh, you know, he's no longer with us at the church, but I remember Joel Wilhelm had a had some kind of an interesting idea. I can't remember what his was. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, Adam Murray, he was pretty yes, strong opinion. That's right, yeah. that's right. I do remember that. And I'm not gonna give away what I said because I need to keep my secrets. Yeah. And if someday if somebody wants to interview me, I'm not gonna interview myself. But if somebody somebody wants to interview me, then that's fine. So so what we're going to do is I'm going to, you know, make a little bit of slightly forced conversation, of course, <laughs> and then we'll go into what your albums are, because I'm yeah. very excited to know yeah. what they are. Hey, so can, just to begin, can yeah. I just say I'm, I'm surprised Annie wouldn't let me out of the basement if I was locked in the basement. Like the rest of the staff, not so surprised, but I would think Annie would let me loose after at least a couple yeah, months. Yeah, well... You'd be surprised, you know, the, the amount of leverage I also have with Annie. I haven't been on staff more than two months, but there's been some conversation okay, going on. Right, and I, right. I, I asked you to this basement thing just a couple weeks ago, but I've really been talking with this with Annie about this for six or seven years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she's, yeah. So, so Christian, tell everybody where you grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um, grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah. Lived there. Well, I had three years where I lived in Evansville, Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But then um, I was in Indiana until I went away to college. And you went to college? I went to college in Ohio. Okay. In Worcester, Ohio, a small school called the College of Worcester. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, moved to Chicago. Lived in the Chicago area. Chicago, uh, also a, a big music town. A big music town, yeah. Yes. Yeah, a lot of great bands came out of the Chicago area. Yes. So... You know, you grew up in the 80s. Yeah, mm-hmm. I grew up kind of, you know, I was, I turned 15 in 1990, so I grew up kind of in the 80s, but mm-hmm. you really grew up new yes. wave, yes. you know, post-punk, yes. that kind of deal. So yeah. I'm really, really curious to, to, to see how that plays out yeah. with your yeah. picks. Yeah. So why don't you, why don't you, uh, why don't you let us know what's your... What's your first album that you would need to have with you? Yeah, I didn't put these in any um, uh, necessary order, um, uh, but I'll start with uh, one that I love. Many of these are ones, actually, I loved in high school and, and, okay. and college. So, mm-hmm. yeah, as I went over the list, I was like, wow, I was that, those are the ones that came to mind. I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of the time of life when perhaps you're most into music and music most sort of affects you um, in some ways. Um, Absolutely. So I'll start with a, a classic album, and, and you know I love this one, um, by uh, a band called The Replacements. Oh, sure. A Minneapolis band. Minneapolis um, band, yes. I was kind of enamored when I would listen to them and thinking about them playing at First Avenue, which was one of the clubs mm-hmm. that got their start in. Yeah. Uh, uh, but sort of perhaps their um, most celebrated album, Let It Be. Uh, it's a great album, yeah. The Beatles Let It Be. So Not to be confused. They are different, yeah. yes. Yeah, and I, but they're yeah, both I, great albums. Yeah, so I think I was a freshman maybe in high school, maybe an eighth grader, okay. uh, when uh, my best friend Eric bought uh, Let It Be and uh, uh, read about it in Rolling Stone, played it for me, and I just thought, this is great. I uh, really loved it. They mm-hmm. uh, Replacements were sort of punk rock a little bit, but it's not really a punk rock album. It's kind of a mix of um, sort of a lot of different styles of music. Do you have a favorite cut? Um, from the, the first album? song, um, uh, uh, 
the first song. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I would dare. I will dare. Yes. Oh my goodness, my mind went blank for a second. It's I a good love, thing I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I love the song. <laughs> I will dare. Yeah, a great song. Um, there's also a song on it called Sixteen Blue, which yes. I was probably about sixteen yes. when I listened to it, maybe even oh. fifteen. And it's basically a song about how hard it is to be sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a great line in it that says, "Drive your mother to the bank," which I think kind of captures life of a 16 year old you know your yeah. thrill yeah. for the day is driving your mom to the bank um <laughs> and uh uh the the guitarist of the band was actually 16 when they made that album. oh wow <laughs> tommy stinson was, was super old, young yeah. Oh. yeah and so uh, paul westenberg lead singer actually kind of wrote it for tommy stinson because he was just aware of how hard it was to be 16 years old so um they also have a song called unsatisfied mm-hmm. uh, which again also captures sort of adolescent yearning and longing and so yeah there are a lot of emotions that that um, album still to this day stirs up for me so. yeah and i've 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 listened to it a couple times and it is really good i've really enjoyed it like i i didn't grow up knowing the replacements that well but that was the first album of theirs that I listened to, and yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. it. It's a little crass at times. At I times, should, yes. I there should are... warn parents, don't listen yes. to it with your children. Yes, we are a church podcast after yes. all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. There, there will need to be, I'm sure, here and there, maybe a couple of disclaimers, yeah. but that's okay. I don't endorse every song on there. But I will <laughs> add this, Joel, at the risk of going on too long. Um, they no, have a song no, called no. Androgynous. Yes. And it really captures where our world is today as far as kind of what does it mean to be male? What does it mean to be female? And um, what I would say is some confusion around that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to listen to a song written in the 80s that I think was pretty um, prescient of uh, where we are today as a culture. So um, that's a fascinating song. It, yeah, I agree, actually. The first time I listened to that album, I was kind of stunned at how sort of ahead of the yeah. time it seemed yeah. to be listening yeah. to that song. And again, another great line, he might be a father, but he sure ain't a dad. Oh, wow. One of those lines. loaded. Again, even as a high school, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a pretty strong first entry there. Oh, boy. It just gets better. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's number two? Number two is an obscure little band called U2. Ah, uh, they're from Ireland. They're an Irish yes, band. A small, like, a, is, was this? Is this a? Is this kind of a coffee shop? Yeah, band? kind of pub rock. I think they yeah. call it. So, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure they were for a brief time before they began to fill stadiums. Um, stadiums? Uh, they yeah. fill stadiums? <laughs> they do. Oh, I'll they have do. to check that out someday. They do. And um, uh, uh, I probably um, first heard you two when my brother bought home the album War. Um, uh, uh, who is your uh, brother, by the way? Uh, my brother is. Do we his, know? Do we know him? Now Bishop Stewart. And then, ah. Then he was just Stewart. My just brother. he was just. Stuart. Yeah, yeah. Three years older than me. Yes. And so he had heard about you two. Brought home War. Um, he had that on album on vinyl. I remember him playing it for me, and mm-hmm. uh, I loved it. Um, really liked it. Um, and uh, uh, and I remember when we found out that the song Forty was based on Psalm Forty. It was yeah. like, hey, this is even like a Bible song. Yeah. On this album that we really loved. Um, uh, and so then, very excited when I heard their next album, Unforgettable Fire, was coming out. I actually remember going to the record store and buying mm-hmm. it the day it came out. Yeah. And uh, that's remained, um, I love YouTube, but that's remained my favorite of their albums. So uh, Unforgettable Fire is my second choice. So. Unforgettable Fire, uh, recorded in a castle, isn't it? That's right. Something like yeah. that? Brian Eno, I think, was the producer. Yeah, of it's just, yeah. It's, so do you have, what... Uh, particular song on there that you um, always, a pride in the name of love yeah. is the v- most famous song yeah. from yeah. that that album almost most folks would have known that but what's your favorite yeah um uh love um a sort of homecoming 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the first—that's the first song, right? And then I think um, so. Yeah. Love the song "Unforgettable Fire." I, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, but again, um, that whole album just kind of is very atmospheric kind mm-hmm. of sound, and and it's one of those albums. The first time I listened to it, I was kind of disappointed, like, "Well, this isn't war. I don't know if I like it." And then the more I listened to it, the more I just fell in love with it. Yeah, and it's actually quite a departure from war. Just the sound it's in terms different. of yeah. yeah. And then, of course, their next album was what got them into the stadiums. That's but right, you could right. sort of see next album being Joshua Tree, for those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> but, it, but you know, you can kind of hear them starting to, um, to grapple with the songwriting yeah. and some of the atmosphere that would yeah. end up being yeah. in. Because yeah. War still seems a little bit like that punk, yeah. post-punk. Has, yeah, you're right. It has a kind of a more stripped-down sound to yeah. it, for sure. Um, uh well, I'm yeah. sure Bono will yeah. be glad to hear from you. He will. And that... just so you know, Joel, I did see them um, during the Unforgettable Fire tour wow. at the UIC Stadium in, in Chicago. Wow. Uh, University of Illinois Chicago Stadium. Um, I got to drive up. I was a freshman in high school with a bunch of seniors in high school, mm. all my brother's friends, and somehow I got a place in the van and uh, got to, to see them in concert with a bunch of high school seniors. So I was kind of the coolest kid in the world in my mind <laughs> um, at that moment. And I think when Bono sh- shone the, the light out onto the, um, the, uh, the audience out there, I think he could see me waving at him. So we had a connection that night, Bono and I. Yes. and Well, I think... I think actually I I didn't see them t- for years. I I didn't see them until uh we, well it's 2011. I went to the the 360 tour and he did mm. mention you by name. Did he? As I recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's because he was here. It was at U.S. Bank. St- yeah. oh, no, it was at uh, oh TCF Stadium yeah. over there, right by the U. And he made sure to say, now that I'm back in Minneapolis, I have to, <laughs> I have to. Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> Where is the he? audience? Yeah. And yeah. I said, if only he was here. I know. I should have been there. Yeah. 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 Next time. That is a yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm actually a little surprised that both of the first two albums I've heard of because yes. I you know because you know some of the time I'm not you know you, my you, third you, one may be a little more obscure. Okay. You, probably heard of it but maybe not everyone listening to this podcast will have well what's the number three album number three um is by a band uncle tupelo i've heard of uncle tupelo yeah and the album is called i had to look it up to make sure i got the right name march 16th through 20th 1992 that's the name of the album march March 16th through 20 1992 i believe that's when they recorded okay so that's okay it's it's, uh um, uncle tupelo some people may know they were kind of pioneers in the alt country um, sort of genre of music, and uh, one of the members of the band went on to start Wilco after they broke up. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Tweedy. Okay, and then yeah. the other members started a band called Sunvolt. They're not as well mm-hmm. known as uh, mm-hmm. uh, Wilco. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, um, uh, started listening to them with this album, um, and um, they didn't have many albums. Uh, but this one's all acoustic, and I think about half the tracks are actually their versions of like old folk songs and like even old gospel songs. So it's kind mm-hmm. of an intro. I don't know that they, you know, are men of faith at all. It was basically those two guys were the band. Um, but it has some great songs on there and some really actually, um, yeah, some very spiritual songs. They do a version of Satan, your kingdom must come down. Okay. That album. Okay. And, uh, a lot of songs about like coal miners and, uh, sort of people living in Appalachia, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's a really, it's just now my, just, can listen to over and over again and not grow tired of. Yeah. And I know that Wilco, I think they're from Chicago. Was Uncle Tupelo also from Yeah, there? I don't know where um, the other guy, Jeff Farrar, I think was his name. Um, uh, um, 
I'm not sure where he's from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they may have. Yeah, they may have connected in Chicago initially. So yeah, yeah. And it, and just as a as an aside note, just to 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 keep score another key, scorekeeping issue yes. here. We don't have any of the clips of this music because I'm not a lawyer and I don't know what kind of things or surprises would await me if I started using some of these tracks. So even so, we'll keep score at home. Keep take notes. And maybe after the fact, you can start to think yes. about some of these albums that you'd like to yeah, listen to. Yeah, listen to Uncle Tupelo if you've never listened to them. You, you won't be disappointed. And I believe that album is completely child-friendly. Child-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so and I would say so. that probably The Unforgettable Fire oh, is, Oh, it too. certainly is. Certainly All right. Is. Yeah, that's right. Most are. Strong... Strong first three albums, Christian. Well, I have you, to Joel. say, I, I your endorsement. Of it's very difficult for me to compliment you in any way. With that in mind, what's your fourth album? All right. Well, the fourth one I uh, will share. Um, this is actually my one worship album. Although, again, I would suggest other songs and other albums are worshipful. Uh, but this, uh, um, and I, uh, I like lots of worship songs, but there's not many entire worship albums um, that would sort of have stuck with me. Um, but this one is um, Passion, which was. Uh, uh, they did a number of worship albums. I think it's a bunch of musicians based in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's called Better Is One Day. has the song Better Is sure. One Day on mm-hmm. it. And um, uh, I remember I bought this probably on CD um, when I was working at a church in Indiana. I worked at a church in Indiana for a couple of years after seminary um, uh, back in my hometown in Indianapolis. And uh, I just, it was just a huge encouragement to, I love the songs on it, listen to a lot. I mean, it's got a lot of classic songs on it. It's got... Um, Heart of Worship on it, Agnes Day. Oh, sure. The song I, Michael W. Smith wrote it. Oh, yeah. Like this yeah. So it's it's so they do a version of yeah this. they do a version okay. of that song. So anyway, it's just I just love that worship album, and uh, again, it probably feels a little dated now if you if I were to listen to it now, but um, it would definitely be one I would want with me down there in the basement. Maybe on Sundays I could hear the worship team of Church of the Cross playing. I hope I can at least hear that. Maybe I can stand at the bottom of the stairs and listen. But on the rest of the week, I can I can pull out Passion Better as One Day and sure. keep, keep me going. Uh, so uh, since we talked a little bit about where you grew up and some of, you know, the, what what sort of era of your life does this album kind of fit its yeah so that was actually i i lived in indiana right after my uh, oldest son aiden was born so that would have been in like 99 and 2000 okay. 98 99 um and the two or beginning of 2000 is when i i worked at this church um, worked at a church for a couple years and actually had another couple jobs for a few months before we moved back to the chicago area for molly and i so mm-hmm. yeah 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 lots of again i liked a lot of vineyard worship music yeah. and things like that and um, the church I was at had some great music, but mm-hmm. uh, um, but again, that album was kind of a, a key one for me and just staying connected to what was happening in the worship music sure. world at that time. Sure. Yeah. How about number five? What's number, number five? Number five. This is, um, I think this is my newest. Well, one of my newest. So a lot of them are pretty old, um, but this is a band I started to like, well, probably like 10 years ago, so that's not that new. Um, okay. uh, but the band's The Decemberists. Um, oh, sure, yeah. Man from uh, Portland, Oregon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the album The Crane Wife. Uh, okay. And I, I like a lot of their music. Um, the Crane Wife, um, a great album, and there's... And actually, the first track on the album is The Crane Wife Part 3, and then the final track on the album is The Crane Wife Parts 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they did it that way, but it, <laughs> it works. Yeah, but those two songs, I just love. I, I, you know, so if, it was, if that was the whole album, just those two songs, yeah. it, it would be worth having. I just really love them. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, the ulterior motive I have of doing this podcast is so that I can start to, you know, get great music yeah. ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I actually saw the Decemberists once in concert, uh, but it was at a it was at uh, Rock the Garden. Oh yeah. Uh, and I was working. I used to work uh, for those of you who don't know. I I used to work for as a manager at Trader Joe's, and we did an, an event. And the Decemberists were there, and I was quite impressed. But I've never really, you know, really uh, listened to their music a lot. So yeah. that's a good. If Molly and I love them. A lot of people find uh, the lead singer's voice a little annoying, but I just, you yeah, know, and they're very clever lyrics. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, um, uh, yeah, they're just a, a fun band. Yeah, we saw them in concert a couple of years ago. It was, a, it was a good time. Where did you see them? We saw them someplace in the Twin Cities, a really nice venue, but okay. I can't remember what it was. Maybe okay. it was the Fitzgerald. Oh, well, that would be a neat place. I think it was. Know. I think it was the Fitzgerald. Yeah, we were up in the nosebleed section, but it was it was a fun show. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, this final song that they sing, which is not from this album, but kind of in all their concerts, they usually end with this song called the Mariner's Revenge song. Okay. It's like a 15-minute song about a, uh, oh. a guy getting um, uh, revenge on a mariner. Uh, but it ends with everyone getting swallowed by a whale. And at oh. that point, they had a big inflatable whale that they brought out <laughs> and, and flew around. Um, uh, uh, so anyway. So oh, props. Fun yeah, stuff. Good yeah, props. Yeah, yeah, they had good, good props there. So. Oh, and you know, another interesting thing. When I saw the Decembers, they mentioned you at that concert as well. Yeah, 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 so yeah, I, yeah, I feel like this yeah. is the interesting thing. Is <laughs> I, between I've you two and the Decembers, so it's, yeah. it's kind of like you're what, Forrest Gump or it something. It is, yeah. It's, it's strange. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's on number six? Okay, number six um, is a band uh, called 10,000 Maniacs. Oh, sure. I remember 10,000 yeah, yeah, Maniacs. Which, again, if any listeners aren't familiar with them, you may hear them think, oh, I bet there's some crazy rock and rolling band with the name mm-hmm. 10,000 Maniacs. They're actually very mellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, lead singer is Matt, Natalie Merchant, yeah. um, or at least she was the lead singer. She's done many solo albums um, since then. Uh, uh, but the album is Our Time in Eden, um, okay. which partly I would include this one during my lonely year in the Church of the Cross basement uh, because uh, <laughs> uh, it's one Molly and I have listened to a lot. Yeah. It's one of her favorite albums, and so it reminds me of her. And again, oh. I love the whole album, but the first song, Noah's Dove, uh-huh. and the third song, which is just called Eden, okay. both biblical titles. Yeah, sounds cool. like it. Um, uh, kind of a Genesis thing So is Noah... Noah's New or Old Testament? Huh? Noah, um, is Noah New or Old Testament? Well, you know, he's mentioned in the New Testament. Yeah, but his okay. His main appearance right. is in the Old Testament. Ah, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. the dove in the Old Testament? The, or the dove New Testament? is in both. They're, it's both. Okay. Yeah, fair yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, those two songs, they are achingly beautiful. Mm. They are just, I again, can just listen to them over and over again. And, and uh, Natalie Merchant has a beautiful voice. So, yeah. um, so that one kind of surprised me as I was working on this list. I thought, you know, um, it wasn't the first to come to mind, but then when I thought of it, I thought, oh, I'd have to have that album down there. So. And what year did that come out? Oh, I, mean, I remember 10,000 Maniacs for like late 80s, early 90s, Yeah, right? yeah, like Michael Stipe sang one of their songs, which was the lead singer of R.E.M., and that kind of, you know, yeah. got them some attention. But that's, um, I think that was 93. You could test me on that. But okay. I remember one of my good friends from college was named Eden, Okay. I remember, I think I just bought that CD, and we got together. I'm like, Ian, you have to hear this song. It's this beautiful song, mm, and it's your name. Cool. So, anyway, but that was post after I graduated, but I think not long after I graduated. Well, very cool. So, and I've never seen 10,000 Maniacs in concert, so I'm not sure if they would mention you live Yeah, Natalie Merchant, uh, she's ambivalent about okay, it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, so, sort of on again. Yeah. Now, she has an album, a solo album, of just um, children's poems that she's put to music. It's actually a double album. Yeah. And uh, there's some great songs in there, but one time on a family drive when our kids were younger 
we just listen to it over and over again, and all our kids say they hate that album. Now. We, <laughs> we listen to it too much, so uh, right. so they kind of have a negative feeling about Natalie Merchant. But. So during our break, uh, as I suspected. My guest did become unruly. He suggested that it had to get to 18 instead of 9, and I'm I, keeping him at bay. I have nine runners-up. Nine runners-up, yeah. yeah. Maybe if I say them really fast at the end. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do have one question for you. Yes. Now that we're six in, we have three left. Yes. Um, what was the reasoning you had? Because we're all going to have yes. different different um, reasons as to why we pick things. Yeah. Uh, what is the what was the reasoning behind the the albums you chose? I appreciate you asking that. I did really think about that because well, you some... told me to ask you. Yeah. You gave me the script for this whole thing. Because <laughs> there, there were some albums that like are favorites, but I'm like, would I want to listen to them over and over again? Like they're albums I really admire, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or they're albums that like really like were in, like influential. That sounds kind of funny, but were you know a big part of my life at a certain time. But I thought I don't think I'd want to listen to them. So one is just clearly. Ones I'd want to listen to over and over again. Yeah. Um, and I'd say these are, in general, albums that make me happy. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that it's like they actually bring me joy. Um, uh, again, you know, there's really only one explicitly worshipful or worship album. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're ones that, um, in a sense, have a transcendent feel, you know, mm-hmm. to me, in that they set my mind on sort of higher things, yes. beauty, truth, goodness, those sort of things. So, so those were kind of where I, uh, where I landed as yeah. I thought about it. And again, some of them were, were albums that remind me of certain people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, Unforgettable Fire, I remember going to the record store with my brother to sure. buy that album and what a big deal it was. And we listened to it together the first time. And yeah. so, so a lot of memories go with, um, go with these. The Replacements reminds me of my best friend, Eric, who was my best friend through mm-hmm. high school and, and, and college. And, and again, also kind of reminds me of, you know, Minneapolis and this love I had for Minneapolis when I'd never been here uh, before. Oh, but cool. Kind of, it was this mythic place in my mind. And then when you were mentioning the 10,000 Maniacs album, you mentioned Molly. Right, right, yeah. Which yeah. is another, you know, you, yeah. you, you have these, and it's one of the great gifts that God gives us with music mm-hmm. is not just with worship, but just in general, just the way that, you know, God uses all of his creatures to show us more about himself in That's a way right. that maybe isn't, uh, even in a way that we necessarily expect him to, That's but right. it does happen. Yeah. Common grace. Common yeah. grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Common grace for the win. Yeah. Yeah. What's number seven, my friend? Number seven. Okay. There's an artist I haven't talked about yet, Joel. And I mean, you should be expecting him to be coming. So you want to, you want to get Tiny Tim. Um, Tiny he, Tim, tiptoe through the tulips. He's close to Tiny Tim. <laughs> I think they would be considered contemporaries. Okay. So I've quoted him uh, a few times in sermons over the years. Have you? Okay. Yeah, and, and, um, well, I don't pay attention, to, well, obviously, and, uh, to uh, We saw sermons. him in concert together, Joel. Oh, did yes. we? Yes. Wow. Well, I, you know, I think, is this an obscure artist? Is he, he, is wh- is he from? Is he from... Uh, is he from Minnesota? He is from Minnesota. Oh, I would not okay. Call him now, now he has, uh, from what I understand, a, tr- a tremendously operatic, classically trained he singing voice. Has <laughs> Natalie Merchant once said, "If only I could sing as beautiful as this man, she, she would." Well, be you know what? Some people have criticized this person's singing voice over the years, but I find him to have one of the most amazing singing voices I've ever heard because it's his own. It is his own. And I had actually say on this album, so we were talking about Bob Dylan. Yes. Um, 
Uh, and many albums of his I love, but this is the favorite. Um, yeah. It's Blood on the Tracks. Um, yeah. And I do think um, his voice perhaps is a bit more melodic on, on this album than some You know, of I think you're right. He's, he's definitely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, um, again, I wasn't a huge Dylan fan actually in college, um, but I loved this album. And yeah. then later listened to more of his stuff sort of post- number of years post-college and realized, oh, he has lots of great albums. And I, of course, I knew a lot of the classic songs. Um, but yeah, this album, um, a friend of mine recorded it, you know, taped it for me. I was like, oh, you should listen to this. And I just, I loved it. I knew Tangled Up in Blue, but I don't think yeah. I knew the rest of the album. And there's so many yeah. great songs. Simple Twist of Fate, I love. Um, Shelter from the Storm. Um, just Shelter really from the Storm is, 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 is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, 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 I think... If I'm not mistaken, when we saw him, uh, we saw him at the Orpheum Theater. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, and I believe he played Tangle Up in Blue. I think he did. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't play a lot of old ones, but yeah. he did play that one. Interestingly yeah. enough, he also mentioned you by name from he the did. stage. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I, you know, the more I go through this list of albums, the more I'm amazed at how. Just yeah. how much indebted all these artists are to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, they're pretty, pretty close for me. But, what about Idiot um, Wind? Do you like Idiot, Idiot Wind? You know what? Actually, like, again, when I first listened to it, I was like, eh, I'm not crazy about Idiot Wind. And then uh, it's a very angry song. Yes. But it's uh, it's powerful. I yeah. mean, I actually, it, it grew on me, and now I actually really love it. And um, I've been um, canoeing a few times, mm-hmm. and, and when you're canoeing against the wind in a canoe, if you've ever experienced that, yeah. that song just automatically yeah. comes to mind. And so you find yourself singing it, annoying your children who are canoeing with you <laughs> as you sing Idiot Wind. Idiot Wind. Yeah, yeah, in Got your it. best Bob Dylan voice. So. Yes. Well, yeah. I, and I Which don't I would have... sing it now, but I, we're worried about the lawyers. The lawyers yeah, suing we, us, we so. really don't want that. Yeah. Thankfully, we have no lawyers who attend Church of the Cross. No, 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 no. no. So <laughs> we've, been, we've been trying to recruit more lawyers <laughs> for the church. We just can't get them in. Yes. All right. What's number eight? We're almost there. Okay. Let's see. I got to look at my list here. Oh, there. So I just have two more. Okay. Um, here's another Minnesota artist. Okay. And one actually who could potentially mention me by name. Really? You've been sarcastic. And been I, think I, know, I, th- I think I might know who you're talking people, about. But this one actually knows my name. Yeah. And, uh, he has uh, led worship occasionally at Church of the Cross. Of course. Um, often at our Good Friday service. So, yes. Um, and this is the eponymous album by Ben Kyle, titled Ben Kyle. Yes. Um, and uh, hard to choose um, whether to do Ben Kyle's solo album or uh, Romantica America or Romantica Shadowlands because yeah. those three albums I all love. I like their first album too, but those yeah. three especially. Uh, but I chose um, his solo album uh, partly because it has the song Mercy on it, which I just love that song. Yeah. But so many good songs, God Only Knows and Thank You. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, I feel like when that album first came out, I just listened to it nonstop over and over again. So hey, Turf Club is Turf a great Club, song. yeah, yeah, great. Minneapolis is a great yeah, song. Yeah, Minneapolis, so, yeah. Yeah, sometimes when we're tired and Molly and I have a meeting we have to go to, we'll we'll find ourselves singing, I don't want to go out tonight, I want to stay home. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So that's our little protest song when we have yeah. to go out and we don't want to. Um, but yeah, Ben obviously is uh, uh, just a 
wonderful guy and a great mu- musician and and I know a lot of people trips across uh, deeply love his music so and I am one of them as well so Ben yep. if you happen to hear this at some point we do appreciate your music yeah man. and next concert if you could give a shout out to me Ben whether I'm there or not if you could just say this goes out to Christian Rock and obviously Christian's getting greedy because he already has Bob Dylan <laughs> Natalie Merchant and I can't and Bono saying yeah. his name but he yeah, also wants right. Ben Kyle I so. do I do so Ben just humor him if you're listening yeah yeah uh, all right so now we come to the last the album last before we hear about some of the other things that you're taking with yes, you into yeah. the church basement. What's your last album? Okay, so this one, last night I was having a conversation with my wife, and this album came up, and I was like, it has to go on there. Oh, it really? It has to. And I mean, I got kind of teary-eyed because that meant I had to kick one off because okay. I'm only allowed nine. Yes. That's one of the ground rules. That is one of the ground yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to kick <laughs> off a really good album to put this one on, but I think it was the right decision. Yeah, what is it? And um, I don't know if you... I bet you know this band. Um, they are called the Water Boys. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, from um, from Ireland, I believe. Okay. Actually, maybe Scotland. Um, anyway, this album is very Irish sounding. And okay. So at least uh, the the lead singer is Mike Scott, and so okay. Um, and actually, I think Ben Kyle is a fan <laughs> of go. the Water Boys. But anyway, it's an album by them called Fisherman's Blues. Um, okay. And uh, um, it's yeah, it's just it's great. Um, uh, again, very um, Celtic kind of sound to mm-hmm. it. Lots of um, you know, like mandolin, fiddle on there, um, uh, flute. Um, uh, very fun album. Um, they have a version of um, uh, the um, uh, Van Morrison song "Sweet Thing." If you know, oh that sure, song Van yeah, Morrison. absolutely. And um, I, I hope Van's not listening to this, but I like the Waterboys version better. Um, and uh, Joel, you'll have to listen to it because it's it's again um, "Sweet Thing," mm-hmm. their version. Yeah. And then in the middle, they go into a little section where they sing Blackbird about oh. the Beatles. And it's just so Yeah, I noticed there's no Beatles albums amongst these nine. Well, they're, they're not. Huh. You know, maybe that's, I enough. just want to be a little bit of a nonconformist, because <laughs> I assume everyone else on this show will include the Beatles, so I have to be the really? one who doesn't. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is a great list, and you've given me some really wonderful ideas of things to listen to. Yeah, so it'll be good. very fun. Good, good. I so, hope you do. So... I, I, I went through the ground rules at the beginning. Nine <laughs> albums. He was very good about it. Yep. He does get one book, with not a Bible, because the church basement has Bibles. Yep. And so he gets one book to take with him. What, what, what's the book going to be? Okay. I'm going to assume that somewhere in the church basement I will find a book of common prayer. Um, uh, uh, that's, a so, good, that's a good answer. So I'm assuming that. Yeah, uh, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think that's fair. I did not fair. choose the book of common prayer. I think that's as fair. As an Anglican uh, priest and now archdeacon. I will, of course, want that with me. So maybe I can scurry out and grab mine from the front <laughs> pew of the sanctuary and scurry maybe back on the way to the down. Basement. Well, I'm going to be escorting you down there personally. <laughs> so when I do that, you could just find out. Know, just, just grab it if I'm not handcuffed. Perhaps if you tip me well enough, I could maybe yeah. get you one. So, um, uh, so the book that I did choose, I love fiction, love reading novels, um, and uh, so I thought oh, I got to have a novel in addition to God's Word, of course, and the BCP. Um, and so the novel I chose um, is a, um, a book called the Heaven Tree Trilogy. Uh-huh. It is three novels, but it's all in one set, so yeah. I think it counts as one book. Kind of um, like Lord of the Rings is one. Exactly, book, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it'd be similar. It's by a woman named Edith Pargader. I'm not even sure if I'm saying her um, name correctly. Um, uh, but it takes place in 12th century England, mm-hmm. and um, just kind of is sort of this epic story of um, uh, of a, a sculptor who um, does all the sculpting in a cathedral, and then it's about his son and 
um, yeah, just a beautiful book, well-written, and just this great story. Um, hmm. uh, my wife read it a few years ago and loved it, although she thought it was a very painful book. There's a lot of suffering yeah. um, in the book, but uh, I had actually forgotten how painful the book was. I only just remembered how well-written it is. So, um, so oh. anyway, so that... That fiction to, to keep me going uh, for that year would be. And the name was choice. what again? Heaven. It's called the Heaven Tree Trilogy. Heaven Tree Trilogy. Yeah, yeah, very good, um, very good book. Excellent. So, yeah. And you also get one luxury item to take with you. What yeah. would that be? Well, I don't. This is a little embarrassing, Joel. But I would take you, with me. You, this part's embarrassing. Did you see your list? <laughs> Okay, I'm kidding. Yeah, There's no be Beatles vulnerable. albums on I'm going to be vulnerable with you, <laughs> Yeah, what's that? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, um, the luxury item I would, be get, be, would bring with me is an acoustic guitar. So, oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, a great, yeah, yeah. that's a great thing to do. I take. mean, it'd be tempting to bring like a comfy bed, but again, sure. I'll just make do with the pews down there. Sure. And, and I mean, the nice couches in the youth <laughs> yeah. room if I'm allowed to, you know, get over to the mm. youth room. But, um... Uh, I'm, I've just started learning guitar. I'm not very good um, yeah. at guitar at all, but yeah. I figure, hey, if I've got a year, that's a lot of time to kill. And I'm hoping by the end of the year, if I have my guitar down there with mm -hmm. me, I'll maybe um, play it a little bit better. So, sure. Um, well, and maybe if you're nice to me when I throw you down there, I could also you know throw in there like a, a instructional book or that something. That would be something. nice. Yeah. yeah, an instructional book, maybe yeah. a few YouTube videos. Maybe again, Andine can yell down yeah. from the stairs. <laughs> give me some instructions. And maybe I'd play... You know, on my guitar, my second nine of uh, that I yeah, 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 which <laughs> you will not be mentioning right now. I will now. not mention you them. You will not mention them. Yeah, uh, perhaps yeah. someday we can do a sequel. There you go. Show, there you show go. I'll, I'll keep nine. these in a special place. Well, Christian, uh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute, venerable Christian. Thank you. It was really, really great to hear your picks. I am very, very enlightened by the whole experience, and I will look forward to going home and looking up some of it. Thank Good. you so much for Enjoy. joining me on the Ninth Avenue oh, Nine. Anytime, I'll talk about music as long as you want. Thanks a lot. Uh -huh. Well, there you have it. The first episode of the Ninth Avenue Nine is officially in the books. A big thank you to our pastor, Christian Ruck, for taking the risk and being my first guest and subjecting himself to my sarcasm. My initial vision for this show is to drop one episode per month on the 9th of every month. So, as I mentioned at the beginning, I would love to have lots of you who wouldn't mind being recorded, sitting down with me over FaceTime or Zoom and talking music. If you liked what you heard today and would like to be involved yourself, please email me and let me know. Once again... My email address is joel at ofthecross.org. You can always find this podcast in one of two places. You can find it on our website under the Get Involved drop menu on our homepage, and you can also find it on Apple Podcasts. Now, as both Christian and I mentioned during our discussion, we were unfortunately unable to include audio clips from these songs during the show. However, we have put together a Spotify playlist of some of the songs from his album picks. So if you're interested in hearing a sampling of Pastor Christian's picks, we have included a link to a Spotify playlist, both on the church website as well as with the description on the Apple Podcast website. So I look forward to sharing our next episode with you on February 9th. My guest for February will be our very own Pastor of Worship Arts, Andine O'Neill. Until then, Happy New Year and the peace of the Lord be with you.